attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Or should I? Because it's this week and what we're going to talk about. Should I say howdy, howdy, howdy? No? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. Get my, like, y'all in. Get my Kansas y'all. There's a snake in my boot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, hey everybody um do you think people are guessing are people guessing right now what the heck we are actually talking about probably not no but no because they probably already have read the title which is going to be the review of this oh that's the thing that's the thing so they know what we're talking about you should know (laughs) well folks (laughs) welcome back to I'll, i'll steal adam's phrase welcome back to another week another episode of gen d podcast it's been a minute and just full disclosure it's the summertime adam and i have some very full schedules that involve vacations we're very busy we're very, very, very busy. busy. Very. So we might not be as diligent about getting these episodes out weekly. They might be a bi-weekly just for the summer. Just a heads up, folks. We'll see. Um, oh, we'll, see. we'll see. Maybe a weekly. Maybe a bi-weekly. We got a lot to talk about, though. I feel like we got a lot to talk about. And we got a lot of planning to do because we are now in the, like, six-week countdown or so till our triumphant reunion at Disneyland. So yeah, we got, we're going to have a lot true. to talk about. Or at least you and I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. But we're going back to our spring trip that we just did out in Florida. And we wanted to review two of the new to us restaurants. One is brand new. And the other one has been around for a couple of years, but we had never eaten there. So yep. we figured this is a good time for us to give you guys the full review. We're going to be talking about Woody's Roundup Rodeo Barbecue over at Hollywood Studios which both of us separately had lunch with our families at. And then together, we all ate at the storybook dining at Artist Point with Snow White and the Dwarves over at Wilderness Lodge. This was the one, if you all remember, when Dana and I did that episode on character dining. Character meals. We like yeah. both discovered about this one on the podcast and in real time. We're like trying to book a reservation and we got one. So we went in the April trip. And I think just to say to you, this is going to be kind of the first of many where we talk about the April trip to Disney World, because we know we talked at length about the cruise, which is the big shiny new thing that we did. But we also both have like nearly week-long vacations at Walt Disney World, too, that we haven't dove into yet. So there's a lot to talk about there, I'm sure. But today, like Dana said, we figured, let's talk about the food. And my specialty, barbecue, because the from Kansas City. So I am the tough barbecue critic. Yeah, we got a tough critic over here. Tough critic, folks. Well, let's start up. I'll, I'll explain a little bit about Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. It's over at Hollywood Studios. This is a brand new sit-down restaurant that's part of the Toy Story Land area. There's kind of two entrances to Toy Story Land. One from Galaxy's Edge and then kind of the main one, which is kind of spills you out by Animation Courtyard and that whole area. You know what's so funny? And I just because you said this, it made me think of it. And sorry, folks, this is going to be one of those Adam has tangents tonight. But I do find the way they built Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland so much better, the entrances, versus what you have at Hollywood Studios. Because Hollywood Studios, it does feel like you just spit out of Galaxy's Edge and you're suddenly in Pixar Toy Story. Like, it's like a weird transition where at Disneyland, there's like that gradual, it's tucked back there, you have that gradual transition in and out. Yeah, And all of a sudden it's like... Boom, Toy Story. There's giant Buzz Lightyear by the alien swirling saucers. How about it? Yeah, I think that uh, with Disneyland, exactly what you said, there's just a longer pathway to lead to it. And it's a little bit more tucked in its own corner. So you don't really notice that you've – it feels really like, wow, I'm entering this land versus Hollywood Studios where you have kind of two very jarringly different environments, either Toy Story or like the Muppets – area um, that you're coming in from. It's like the weird, like Muppet star tours, old honey. I shrunk the kids area. (laughs) And then you're like, boom, star Wars. Anyway, sorry, just random thoughts in Adam's head. But 
We're here to talk about barbecue. Going back to Toy Story Land, this is a brand new restaurant. It opened just this spring. It got a lot of press, a lot of attention. I think you guys, if you are avid listeners of the podcast, you might remember we talked about it when it opened and yeah. kind of the initial review points of it. And you were hot on wanting to get a reservation and they were hard to they get. They were. That was, that was some drama at three o'clock in the morning. I was so nervous to get this. Like, how ridiculous is that? I was nervous, like actually nervous about getting a reservation. Been there, done that. Hey, but I was so nervous about it. We knew that reservations were opening on a certain day. And I thought, okay, they'll probably open when regular dining reservations open at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. So I set my alarm for like 5.50 a.m. to be able to be up and on multiple devices and ready to go and do the thing that we have to do, which is absolutely obnoxious and ridiculous when you say that loud. <laughs> That's what we have to do to get yep. a dining reservation. But it is where we're at. It's like getting Taylor Swift tickets. So <laughs> I went and I like randomly woke up at like 4.30 in the morning and couldn't sleep, went on to Twitter and Disney Twitter is a whole another universe. And all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, the reservations are open right now. So I like jumped in and it would be like, and it was doing the, the Disney glitch thing where it would like, put you in the waiting room and then you get in and then there weren't anything available and all the stuff. And then the whole thing crashed. And then Twitter yep. was like, no reservations. And people were like, Oh my gosh, are they all sold out already? Like, did they go that fast in the middle of the night? And it turns out they screwed up the entire system and it crashed the entire dining system. And then they eventually made them available at like nine o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I hopped on and was able to grab the perfect reservation for us when we went. Yeah. And you know what? I really didn't think that we would get to go at all. And we didn't even have a Hollywood Studios day planned on this particular trip for us, the Johnstons, the three of us. And then I randomly stumbled upon a reservation about two weeks out. And so I completely changed around our first day. I moved it so that we could accommodate this like noon uh, reservation. So we went to Hollywood Studios at the beginning and then Animal Kingdom later just so we could try Rodeo Roundup Barbecue. So real quick, this is exactly what it sounds like. It is a barbecue place. The theming is really adorable. It's got the big cutouts of Andy's favorite toys all throughout in that kind of more Western style. Like picture the very beginning of the first movie when Andy is playing with his toys and it's all kind of that same look. Or if you can't even remember that movie, just think about the Toy Story Midway Mania game because it has those same types of cutouts. It's very, very cute. There's a big Bo Peep in the center that kind of slowly, I think she rotates. I can't quite remember, but she's a big statue right in there. No, she just, she's a big she's statue. She's a big statue. Yeah. But it's cool very cute. And you as the guest become Andy's toys when you go in, just like the game Midway Mania. You're walking in expecting to kind of see everything in toy yeah. size. So it's very cute. It takes your breath away when you go in there. I wasn't sure what to expect. And you walk in and the amount of detail the Imagineers put into that place, like even the ceiling is not a ceiling. There's detail all over the ceiling. There's detail on the walls, the tables, the chairs, like the absolute amount of detail that went into this thing that you literally feel like Andy took boxes from toys to make the roof of the restaurant. Yeah. And that's what you're under. Like it's, it, yeah. The detail was just absolutely incredible what they did with it. It was adorable. It was adorable. So lunch and dinner are the only two options that you can get there. It is a prefixed menu. So every adult is paying $45 per adult. Every child ages three to nine is $25. So keep that in mind. You are all getting the, they call it all you care to enjoy, but they basically bring you heaping platefuls of all of this different barbecue food. Oh my gosh. Let's get into it. Let's talk through what the food was. But on the pricing for a dining reservation and the amount of food you get, this is one of the more reasonably priced signature dining, whatever you want to call it, like nice sit down dining experiences at Disney World. Because at $45 a pop, I have gone to some barbecue restaurants in Kansas City and spent well over $45 a person on brisket and ribs and turkey and burnt ends and all these things that you can quickly add up and spend way more than $45 Mm -hmm. and get less food than the heaps of food you get at Roundup Rodeo. Yeah, totally. I guess what I'm saying is Disney has a good price point on it, like worth it. 
Yeah, I think so. So let's start off at the very beginning. You get bread service that's brought to your table. They call it the also the names of all of this is (laughs) so great. They're all adorable. The bread service is called the Prospector's Homemade Cheddar Biscuits with Sweet Pepper Jelly. This was one of the standouts. I like the accent you're adding to it. (laughs) The Prospector. He wants to meet you. Yeah, the Prospector's Homemade Cheddar Biscuits, I think, was one of the biggest standouts of everything, which I know I'm starting off strong with this one, but truly, it was delightful. I loved every bite of those Cheddar Biscuits, and I think we asked for a second helping of them because my daughter ate most of the first round. They were really good. The sweet pepper jelly was really, really good, too. Yeah. But I think... The highlight of the breads was a bit of a downfall on the salads. Yes. I wasn't a big fan of the salads. They felt like an afterthought. I know. Yeah. So next they bring, they call it get a wiggle on your greens and you get all three of these, which is a rootin' tootin' tomato salad, Wheezy's watermelon salad and Rex's romaine and kale salad. The watermelon salad was my favorite of these three. But it was basically just watermelon, just cut watermelon. I know it was cut watermelon. And you know, and I think I said this when we originally looked at the menu months ago on a podcast, it missed the feta cheese with it. Yes, it, it did. needed crumbled it really feta did. cheese. That watermelon, feta, and mint would have just been mm, chef's kiss. Like that would have been knock it out of the park, great salad if they'd added the feta. Fully agree. Because all it was was watermelon with a little bit of mint on it. Yep. So salads were just fine. They are what they are. Next up, and you choose one of these, they bring the Roundup Chow, which is either the Enjoy a Platter of House Smoked Items or the Trixie's Plant-Based Trio. Now, I'm curious, Adam, because you went with one of you as a meat eater and one of you Mm -hmm. as a vegetarian, what you guys ended up getting. But for our family of all meat eaters, we got the House Smoked Items, which included... These names are killing me. <laughs> Evil Doctor's Smoked Ribs, Buttercup's Beef Brisket, There's a Sausage in My Boot, Fire Grilled Pork Sausage, and a Barbecue Chicken with Style. Yeah. They're so cute. So so we have both. They brought out more barbecue than I've ever seen on a plate in my life. And that's saying something because, again, Kansas City. But then they brought out Kurt's Platter, which is equally in size. And... They have really figured out the plant-based thing. Like this place figured out plant-based barbecue. So they had a combat cauliflower with harissa drizzle and walnut gremolata. The cauliflower was so good. Really? They like charred the cauliflower on the grill, Mm -hmm. which made it really good. And then they added this other stuff onto it. The scrumptious bratwurst. The scrumptious bratwurst was essentially a Beyond sausage that they grilled Mm, fine. Yep. But then the Rip Roaring Rib Chop, this was genius. It was a blend and seasoned impossible meat. And to make the rib chop like the bone coming out, it looks like a rib chop. Yeah. It's a sugar cane bone coming out to make it look like this rib chop. And it Ooh. looks like a rib chop, but it is all plant-based. And so that was so good. I had a bunch of his because I wanted to try it all. It was really, really good. That cauliflower was just unreal nice and then i don't know what you thought but i thought there's a sausage in my boot was the best i thought the sausage was great and they made it come out to look like a snake on a skewer which was kind of fun yes and the brisket was good uh the ribs and the chicken were fine but that was kind of my thoughts i agree i'm fully in agreement with you on all of this i think the smoked ribs were my favorite Mm. the sausage was a big winner and i was not expecting to like it I also remember liking the chicken now that I think about it. I did like the chicken more than I thought I was going to because I was kind of, I didn't need it. Yeah, we got to we gotta get you all to Kansas City for some real brisket, though. Hey, now. I mean, we've been to, like, a couple of the chains that say that they're Kansas City. No, and, that's yeah. not real. That's not real, Kansas City. I've had some of that. That's, <laughs> that exists. So know. the sides, they were unforgettable or forgettable? Forgettable, not unforgettable. Forgettable. Sides didn't really do it for me. Well, first off, you missed their title, which is the best title. I know. It's Reach for the Sides. I know. I'm saving the I'm saving the Toy Story references for you. So they have a whole slew, and you're supposed to select four, but we heard multiple servers and our server tell us to pick four to start. If you want more, you can get more. So you can, in theory, get every single one of these. So they've got mean old potato salad, 
the married spuds, the claw, mm-hmm. veggie slaw, force field fried pickles, campfire roasted vegetables, slinky dogs, mac and cheese, buck and baked beans, and cowpoke corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting the cowpoke corn on the cob, slinky dogs, mac and cheese, which Noah ate all of, the campfire roasted vegetables, and the baked beans. Mm-hmm. And we ended up not ordering anymore because we were pretty full at that point. I got to say, no one enjoyed the mac and cheese. I had a bite. It was pretty good. The baked beans were just baked beans. The surprise out of all these for me was the cowpoke corn on the cob, which is essentially Mexican street corn, which felt very mm-hmm. weird as a barbecue side that they didn't just do the traditional corn on the cob slathered in butter that they did like more of the Mexican street corn style. Mm-hmm. Now you may know barbecue, but I live in Southern California and I know street corn and I got to say, this ain't cutting it for me. <laughs> we also got the street corn and I was like, this is so bland. It needs some like tahine or something that would give a kick to it. It just was very bland. Oh it, it, to me, it felt very much like a Floridian version of a Mexican street corn. Yeah, and you just said tahini, and that made me think of my favorite Disney World snack, the mango slices with tahini. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. We also do it out here. You get tahini on the corn on the cob that you can get Ooh. down Main Street. Oh, it's so good. We also got a couple different ones. We got the mac and cheese as well, and just like your kid, our kid ate most of that. It was pretty good. We also got the force field fried pickles and the married spuds, which were loaded potato, you know, tater tots for the force field fried pickles. I'm not a huge pickle person, but when they're alone and they're fried, oh, my God, that was the one of everything here. It was the fried pickles that were really, really good. They were very flavorful. The married spuds were just okay. A hot tip. Also, if you've got a kid who's a picky eater, you can just ask them to give you plain tater tots and they will do that. So They brought those for Ray on the side. But the married spuds, it was just like a gravy on top with some sour cream and some cheddar. It was lackluster. So for us, the the fried pickles. Oh, you know what? We did have those too. Oh, see? They're not memorable. You just reminded me of the spuds. (laughs) We did. And I was like, oh, we could have gotten this at Andy's Lunchbox. It's basically what they serve at Andy's Lunchbox. It's not as good. No, it wasn't. I think Andy's lunchbox is better. I think those those spuds that yeah yeah it's good yeah the like chorizo Hollywood Studios has got the good breakfast as long as you've got yeah. Cholula in a purse it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking at you, Sierra Leone. <laughs> the last thing that they had was a dessert on this menu. So it's the Chuck Wagon desserts. Everybody gets to select one per guest. There are five different options. They've got Bo's Lemon and Blueberry Cheesecake. They've got Goat's Apple Pie. They've got Cupcake a la Forky, which is just like the classic vanilla cupcake with a little Mm -hmm. Forky fondant character. Billy's Chocolate Silk Pie and Gruff's Peach Strawberry Pie, which they say is plant-based. Though I got the Lemon and Blueberry Cheesecake. It came in a little tiny cup, which is cute. So think of this as... Like more of like a cobbler. All of these were mm-hmm. like a cobblery type of thing. I really liked it. It was very light for what a heavy meal we had just eaten. So I was into it. Ray got the Forky cupcake and was thrilled. I think that was her favorite thing of the whole meal, but it is a kid's cupcake. There's no way to slice this. It's just a classic kid's cupcake. And I think Ryan got the chocolate silk pie. Ryan is not a sweets guy. So I think he took one bite and was like, I'm good. Um, I don't remember any of them being super memorable. You all got the exact same three that we got. Oh, funny. (laughs) Yeah. So I really like the lemon and blueberry cheesecake because there is something about like a really good cobbler. There's this amazing barbecue restaurant just outside of Austin, Texas. It's all you can eat. It's a BYOB. It's out on a ranch. You literally roll up with a cooler of beer sit down, all-you-can-eat barbecue, and then it's topped off with the most amazing blueberry cobbler I've ever had in my life, right? So this kind of took me back to that a little bit because it's been years since I've been there. I think since my bachelor party was the last time we went there. So this brought me back there a little bit with that taste of that blueberry. Yeah. And then we had the Billy's chocolate silk pie. It was fine. And then we had the cupcake olive forky that Noah liked and had some bites of and was cute and he thought it was funny. But yeah, so we did that. Did you do any of the cocktails? 
you know what we didn't we both got beers and we were really happy with the beers that we got we both got just the one ipa that they had but it was fun they came in like a little mug so that's what we did did you do any of the cocktails we did we both had the snake eye margarita it's the watermelon margarita it was fine oh it was fine it was actually like a decent watermelon margarita it wasn't very sweet i'm looking at now it says it's tequila watermelon juice lime juice agave and smoked chili bitters which sounds good. Yep. The one I 100% stayed away from was the Grown Ups Peter Butter and Jelly. Yep. Ooh. That frozen. is a frozen. You want to do it? No, you, take no, it. Okay. Take it. <laughs> yeah. I might throw up. <laughs> frozen. This is for Sierra Jones. Frozen Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, which no, we've talked about. We've talked about this. We've it's talked about so it. Bad. You love it. No, I've Adam, rethought it. You love peanut butter whiskey. No, I've rethought this because I tried to make a peanut butter and jelly old fashioned and we still have this bottle sitting in a cabinet. You, sir, you love peanut butter whiskey. You came on here and professed your love for peanut butter whiskey like two years ago on this podcast. I've changed my mind. Okay. I've changed my mind. I'm not surprised. It sounds disgusting. (laughs) Okay, so this drink also sounds disgusting. And by the way, this drink is $16.50. It's the frozen screwball peanut butter whiskey. So frozen peanut butter whiskey. Minute Maid vanilla smoothie mix and grape jelly. So vanilla smoothie mix, grape jelly, and peanut butter whiskey, $16.50. The Snake Eye Margarita is $14.50, by the way, folks. So save a couple bucks and get a better cocktail if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, nothing with blue Caraco in there, so we're good. Oh, my God. Say it again. What is it? Wait, no, Adam, what is it? I can't say it right. I know. Blue Curacao. You're so close. But I said Caraco. Yeah, I know. Caraco, Curacao. 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 Curacao, the awful blue stuff, and then the green Midori, Disney's favorite to um, liqueurs, but and stuff. Seriously. Look, overall, I think my favorite bit of the whole thing was at the end when they had to sign the check and they came over with a gigantic pencil yeah. with a little pen stuck in it. Did you know they got rid of them? No. Because too many people were stealing them. People oh. were stealing them. Like, Come on, Disney people, like, you go to the parks, do not steal their giant pencil prop. I had no idea they did this, and he was holding it behind his back, the server was. And then it was like, great, if you can just sign the check, and then boom, this gigantic pencil thing. And I was like, that's hilarious. And now they don't have them anymore because too many people are stealing That's a bummer. Can I give my dirty little secret on this podcast right now? Yeah. I'm a pen stealer. Hello, welcome. My name is Dana Johnston, and I am a pen stealer. Are you the reason we have no fun? No, I would never. I would never steal that pen because that pen is a great prop, and I love a prop joke. Just like Kim Moffat, I'm here for a prop joke. (laughs) That pen, I would never even consider to steal. I steal the ones when we go to Las Vegas that just say, like, whatever hotel we're staying at. Uh, Last time. That's not stealing. They want you to take those. I know. It's like free advertisement for their hotel. That's what I think. Also, I want to put this out there to the masses that listen to our podcast that Kim took one of my Park MGM pens when we just went to Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago, and she forgot to give it back. And I want you guys to know that I'm an avid pen stealer, specifically in Las Vegas. Okay. Kim was like, I'm so sorry. Let me give you your pen back. And I said, no. No, sir, I do not want this pin back. I want you to steal me two more pins next time we go to Vegas in August. And she is like listening to this right now. She's sweating. She has the cold sweats all the way down to her toes. Kim, you should feel like it. You have. Yeah, she owes me too. I told her I'm part of the pen mafia. Well, Kim. And she owes me. You and I will hit the casino at the Park MGM for a little bit. And I'll sit at a blackjack table until you secure two pins. And then we'll call it a day. (laughs) It's a requirement. Um, And now everybody knows. So she has to do it. She has to do it. I would go back. It was a lot of fun. I think I'd go not the next trip, but maybe a couple trips later, go back. Because let's be honest, folks, I think you can get the same barbecue for cheaper over at Regal Eagle at Epcot. It's essentially the same stuff, just presented differently. And they've actually, their vegetarian options over there are a little different. Over at Regal Eagle for Kurt, they do the jackfruit barbecue, which is like done like a brisket. Actually, no, it's done like a pulled pork, which is kind of cool that they do that over there. So I kind of put it up there with Space 220. I'd like to go to Space Mm -hmm. 220 at some point later down the line. I don't need to do it these next few trips. 
Same deal with Roundup Rodeo. Maybe when Noah's a couple years older and really into Toy Story, then it'll be really fun to take him back there. Yeah. I think $25 for a kid's meal is really high. And I mm. want to be clear, my kid, and your kid was under three, so you didn't have to pay for anything. Right. My kid was six. And so we paid $25 for her meal where she ate a little bit of mac and cheese and a cupcake and some bread, the cheddar biscuits. It's a lot. That was something that we could have probably spent about $8 at any other restaurant for her to have consumed. And we probably would have gotten some veggies she would have eaten. I don't think that this was worth it for my family with a picky eater. I do think I'd like to try it again here in a couple of years when she is less picky. But I don't think she's going to be excited about barbecue anytime soon so i would be surprised if we hit this one up again in the next 10 years i'm okay with that i've tried it i thought it was really cute i don't need to go again for another decade in my opinion also i think we should note that hollywood studios kind of doesn't have the most amazing food there but they do have some really kitschy Mm. what what is it that you like the hollywood brown derby is pretty good the Brown Derby, I've never eaten at. So I, I can't, I've eaten at the Hollywood one here in LA. Well, it doesn't exist anymore, but. The real one. Um, the real one. <laughs> but I, here's what I will say. Our family loves the sci-fi dine-in. I know, Adam, yours did not love it as much. But that one for us is the one I think I'd rather spend my money at, which would come out to be about the same amount. And I know my daughter likes to eat that food there. And I like that gimmick of sitting in a cool little car watching old sci-fi movies more than I like sitting in Andy's toy box eating barbecue. I'm the opposite. I have no interest in sci-fi again for a long time. Mm -hmm. But the barbecue joint, I would go back Mm. before that. All right. But what I still think the park is missing is a really cool, and I know it was in the original, we've talked about this, I think in some episode at some point, that Galaxy's Edge was originally going to have a sit-down restaurant, like a fine dining experience. They're really missing that there. They shouldn't have spent the money on that silly hotel. They should have spent the money on this, like, interactive dinner show at Galaxy's Edge. I think that would have been pretty cool. I agree. They've done that instead. I agree. But, you know, we'll see. All right, so on kind of the polar opposite from a Roundup Rodeo barbecue, we finally did a enchanted dinner that we were very excited about initially. We were very excited about it before we went there, and we'll get into it in a second. But so we went to Storybrooke Dining at Artist Point with Snow White. So I went to Artist Point years and years and years ago before it became Snow White Storybook Dining, oh. and it was. A absolutely delicious signature dining restaurant. Yeah. I heard great things about it. Some of the food was just absolutely incredible. Like, it was so good. This is when I was working at Good Morning America. We had dinner there before we did, like, a live shot at the Magic Kingdom the next morning or something. And it was absolutely incredible. I got to say, I think I'm going to give my initial reaction now before I get into how much we paid and all that stuff. It was a bit of a letdown is where I'm going to start this with. So here's the deal. They've taken the beautiful restaurant there at the Wilderness Lodge and turned it into by turned it into the Enchanted Forest. I mean, they added a fake tree throughout the restaurant Mm -hmm. with some lights, twinkling lights. And we were there when it was still light out and there's lots of big, beautiful windows looking out over the property. So I wonder if it was maybe it's a little bit of a different experience at night when it's dark out and the lighting effect works better inside the restaurant. But you go in, you're sat $65 an adult, mm-hmm. $39 a child and no discounts across the board. No DVC discounts, no annual pass Hold discounts. On. No, you you are wrong? right. They Otherwise. told us the only discount, and I am disappointed to say that I've just now signed up for this card, and I should have done this before our trip, is the Disney Visa card. So, oh. folks, this is my hot tip to you. If you have an upcoming Disney World trip, not Disneyland so much as Disney World, Disney World's Visa, like the Disney Visa card done by Chase, has the best discounts at like anywhere from 10 to 35 percent and everywhere we stop they would be like do you have the disney visa card so if you are on the fence about getting one i would get one right before this trip 
Yeah, because at a place like Artist Point, there are no other discounts available, period. Yep. yep. And we were told it was $39 per kid, no matter their age. Luckily, they obviously saw that Noah was not eating anything, so they ended up not charging us for Noah, thankfully. But their rule of thumb is it's $39 per child, does not matter the age, because it is a character dining experience. So when you walk in, you know, they bring you in. They're like, welcome to the Enchanted Forest. And the servers are trying their best to put lay on the shtick with it. You're clearly in what was once a really nice high-end restaurant that they've added a tree and some effects to. Right as you walk in, off to the side is like a step and repeat of the Evil Queen's Castle. Yep. It doesn't look great. I'm going to be honest. Like It was like a pop-up like background of the Evil Queen's Castle. And the Evil Queen is standing over there posing for photos. Then you're sat and in the middle of the table is this cool tree looking stand, like almost like a lazy Susan, but in the middle and it looks like a tree. And then throughout the dinner, the dwarfs come out. It was like, I think it was happy and grumpy, if I remember right. It was, it was dopey. Happy and grumpy. dopey and grumpy. You took a picture with dopey. Dopey. It was dopey and grumpy who were there. Is happy an actual dwarf? Did I make that up? No, you're right. Let's see. It's happy, sleepy, doc, dopey, bashful, grumpy. Oh, no, I got six. Sneezy. 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 Yeah. Good job. So, look, we know our thing. We know our dwarfs. So, they come, like, dancing around. They blast some, you know, hi-ho, hi-ho music. And then Snow White eventually comes out after the two dwarfs come out. And she dances around with the dwarfs. And... Then they come around to take pictures at the tables like any other character dining experience. Mm-hmm. So I got to say the atmosphere was eh. okay. I wasn't I wasn't into it. I don't know. It was kind of cool. Like, I will say Grumpy was really good with Noah. Like Noah was really into Grumpy and was like playing along with Grumpy and Grumpy hung out for a while and like entertained Noah and played with him basically. Mm-hmm. And that was really cute. But otherwise, it just the atmosphere I don't know. It didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. I was expecting more. I think I went in with very high expectations and it was like, okay. High expectations and a high dollar amount. So I totally respect that. And, and I agree. I think it's also important to note that this was the very last moment of our vacation at ours. I think you stayed for one more day, but I'm just saying that like we had done Disney World. We had done a four-day Disney cruise. And this was like our last night as a party of six going to a restaurant. And I think, in my opinion, the food we're going to talk about in a second was really pretty good compared to some of the meals that we had on the Disney cruise. But I was tired. I was tired. I didn't really need this. Yeah. I think in hindsight, we probably should have canceled it, but we really wanted to try it to tell all of you, our listeners, if it's worth it. And I'm here to tell you, I don't think it was worth it. Mm-hmm. The characters were really fun, and it was a really cool like group of characters. Snow White is a fun story. I thought my daughter was not going to be that into it because I think she's seen Snow White one time, and of all the princesses, that's the one she knows the least. Uh, she loved it. She was really into it. She met Snow White. She met all the characters except for the evil queen. My daughter wanted nothing to do with the evil queen. It was like kind of skirting around her as we were walking. So I think that yep. scared her a little bit. As far as the atmosphere is concerned, I thought that it was a really cool setup. And I liked that the lights changed when the evil queen was out. They were in those dark hues. And then when the happier characters like the dwarves and Snow White were out, they were in like brighter yellows and oranges. So I thought that was really sweet. And Snow White, who was stunning, by the way, did spend a lot of time at our table. She really talked to everybody, interacted with everyone, took photos with anybody that wanted them, which were our kiddos. And for that, I thought it was a really quality character interaction. Was it worth $40 for my child? No. I'm telling you with both Rodeo Roundup and this one, just any of these sit-down meals are a hefty price when you've got a kid who's, you know, over three and you're spending that money on them. But compared to the two, my daughter ate far more food here at the Snow White's dining than she did at Rodeo Roundup. So So let's. Yeah, let's talk about the food. food. Yeah. So one thing I have learned, and here's a PSA. 
If you have a food allergy <laughs> and you are visiting the parks, the cruise line, the resorts, whatever it might be, really think carefully before mentioning that you have this. If it is now I say this, if it is a life threatening food allergy where like peanut cannot touch anything on your plate, flag it, tell them and they will they will take the utmost precautions like our son has a peanut allergy. And when you tell them that they have that, they go above and beyond. Yeah. They also go above and beyond when you tell them you have a shrimp allergy <laughs> and make sure you're basically in a bubble <laughs> away from anything that may have possibly touched shrimp. So just keep that in mind. If you are like me, where shrimp can be on the table, it can be next to stuff, I just can't eat it or else I wind up sick. Yeah. Just think about that. But if it is severe allergy, if you have a severe allergy, Rest assured, we fully learned on this trip that they take every single precaution available to prevent any cross-contamination whatsoever. Totally. Period. Yep. I mean, I've never seen allergy precautions like what they do, especially on the cruise line. Like, yeah. that was that was insane. So anyway, so keep that in mind because the appetizers, what they do, so I mentioned this tree-looking lazy Susan type of thing in the middle of the table. Mm -hmm. That is where they come place the appetizers on this tree thing. So you have wild mushroom bisque with a chive oil. That is a holdover from when it was Artist Point, just the Artist Point. Mm -hmm. That soup is so good. It was so good this time. I loved that bisque. Kurt isn't into mushroom soup. I drank his. Like, it was so good. And, they, and it's really cute because they bring it out in little cauldrons, like yeah. witches' cauldrons. So that yeah. was kind of cute like evil queen cauldrons. Then they had a hunter's pie, which is turkey and chicken, cranberry preserved, crispy sauerkraut. That was really good. I enjoyed the hunter's pie a lot. And then they have a wild shrimp cocktail, which I avoided like the plague. So I didn't go to the hospital. What did you think of the wild shrimp cocktail? Oh, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was not the, wicked the most. Shrimp. I don't know why I said it was wild. It's wild. It's um, the wicked shrimp. It, uh, it was it's wicked. It was fine. It was very flavorful, uh, but it wasn't like, it was still shrimp cocktail. Like it wasn't anything I would write home about. I would say of all of these three appetizers, the hunter's pie and the the bisque were more memorable. You know what was surprising is there was not a bread service with this meal. No, but I don't think you needed it, especially with this shared appetizer. And they say shared appetizer. I want to be clear. They look at who is sitting at the table and they brought out like four cauldrons of the wild bisque for the four adults. And they brought out fours of all of this stuff. So if you're at a big right. table, they, they put it all in that big tree, Lazy Susan, which I thought was kind of cute. They're like mini bites of all of this. It's not like a full yep. thing of soup. It's like a miniature size. Yep. All right. Well, then it went on to the mains. So let's run through these and then we can talk about, we can talk about what we had. So they had the cottage beef stroganoff. Tender beef, preserved vegetables, spatzel, mushrooms, aged cow milk cheese, royal prime rib roast with a horseradish mashed potato, carrots. They had Kurt's dish, a stroll through nature. <laughs> this one is asparagus, leeks, arugula, gnocchi, sage, parmesan. Mm -hmm. Then they had the magic mirror slow braised pork shank. Comes with polenta. Brothers grim herb chicken with a cauliflower puree, roasted vegetables, and chicken juice. Anjou. Anjou. Clearly, <laughs> I'm classy. Uh, Bashful sustainable fish, which had an herb rosada and a gremolata. And then sorcerer's spell of, oh, this is what Kurt had. Sorcerer's spell of trickin' chicken, cauliflower puree, roasted vegetables, and vegetable anjou. Anjou. I got it. Uh, and that's with a like fake chicken, trickin' chicken. So I think you and I have the same thing. Thing, if I remember correctly, I think we both had the rib roast. We did. You didn't and I we? did. Yep. Because we both had the rib roast at the frozen dinner on the cruise ship and we're not as excited about it. And this was definitely way better than the rib roast we had at it was. the frozen dinner on the cruise ship. It was. And I think we also had been far enough along on our whole Disney journey at this point that we have learned to always order, if you want a medium rare steak of any sort, a medium rare anything, order rare, order rare at Disney because they're going to always overcook your steaks. 
don't ever order medium because you are getting a very well done steak. And that's what we did earlier on this trip. So we both ordered rare and it was delightful. I thought this thing was awesome. Very memorable in my mind. I can taste it right now as I read about it. I thought it was delicious and maybe the best rib roast or steak type thing I've had at Disney, save for the California Grill and a few of those kind yeah. of signature dining places. But I would say for the all you care to enjoy type of places, this one really top notch. I agree. I thought it was really, really good. And I remember Kurt saying the chicken chicken was one of the best meals that he had had mm-hmm. on the trip. So yeah, we have that. I thought the food was good. It was a nice meal. But before we get to the desserts, I want to jump ahead because the desserts, I think, were a highlight. I want to jump ahead to mm. a low light, mm-hmm. the cocktails. Yeah, this was a low point for us. I yeah. I, I returned yeah. mine. You guys, Dana sent it back. And the, the server was not surprised either. Mm-hmm. This must be a common thing because she was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So she goes and takes the cocktail orders. And I kind of looked at these and I was like, you know what? I just want a, and I, I got it. The Disney Reserve Knob Creek, which is my favorite cocktail at Disney World. Disney Reserve Knob Creek, Manhattan on the Rocks. I remember Ryan was like, that sounds good. I'm going to get one of those too. And then I think, didn't you switch to that? I switched to it after, but Kurt and I both ordered the same drink, which here's the other overall hot tip I have for you all. Just in general with Disney, stay away from the cocktail menus and go with what you know. If you like cocktails and you are a seasoned cocktail drinker, then just pick a Manhattan. Just ask for a Manhattan. Ask for a a gin and tonic. Ask for whatever you like, but just order it for whatever you like. Do not pick any of these specialty cocktails. I cannot say this enough. If you are ordering a bourbon-based drink, get that Disney Reserve not yes. Greek. Yeah, that's a good point. It is, is something special. I say all of this because all of the drinks across the board on the cruise at Disney, um, they're very watered down or they're very sweet, typically. And sweet. They, yeah, they always lean towards sweet. So if you're not a sweet cocktail drinker, just order what you like. They'll have some variation that you'll probably enjoy, but... Don't go crazy. I should have taken my own advice because what I ordered and what Kurt ordered was the smoking mirror. It was $14.50. It was Johnny Walker Black 12-year reserved whiskey, wild berry, lime, and rosemary smoke. That all sounds great. And it came in one of those big, like, sniffer glasses, you know, and then the smoke, I mean, Disney loves their smoked cocktails. The smoke was coming out of the big glass and everything. It was beautiful. Took one sip of this and I was like, this is not for me. This is not for anybody at our table. Ryan took a sip and he was like, I'm not going to drink this. It was just in a weird way, bad sweet, like a cherry sweet in there mixed with like a bitterness. Like I can't even describe, but I think it's the worst cocktail I've ever had at Disney World. And like I said, I took one sip and was like, I will not drink this. It's so expensive. And I asked to switch over to the Manhattan that you and Ryan had had. And it was great. That was delightful. And I remember at one point, because they were backed up, the bartender actually brought our second round of Manhattans out. Yes. And she said to Ryan and I, she was like, so you guys really like my Manhattans, huh? Yeah. And we're like, yes, ma'am, we do. <laughs> like, you're doing it. You got this. So, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. So many of these cocktails are just, they're sweet they're again watered down. This is why I like when I go to like Hollywood studios or pro tip I've talked about before. If you're having dinner at California adventure and you get a lamplight, get a mixed drink to go, like get your cocktail, mm-hmm. order one when you're paying your bill and they'll give it to you in a to go cup because most of the other cocktails you can get around the park are the pre-made margaritas and things like that, that are on the sweeter side. So if you're like, like us that aren't a big sweet drink drinker, avoid that. Just like Dana said, order order what you want. But speaking of sweet things that I do enjoy, a good dessert. Yes, these guys had it. The dessert game was on point at Artist Point. This was the best part. So they again use the tree of life in the middle of the thing. <laughs> this is what I'm calling it. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. And they bring you Miner's Treasure, which is cookies and cream panna cotta with chocolate gems. Fairy tale gooseberry tart, which is a meringue and gooseberry, 
And then the best part, which was the poison apple, and it was a dark chocolate apple mousse with a sour center, and you cracked into it, and it was really, really good. And then the server came around. This was really weird, I thought. I thought it was was fun. Ray got it. They brought it over to Ray, which makes sense because she's the six-year-old in the party. But it was called The Hunter's Gift to the Queen, which fits to the movie. And if you know in Snow White, right. he pulls out the heart of – he's supposed to bring back the heart of Snow White, which is really morbid. But instead he brings back the heart of like a deer and tries to fool the evil queen. So Ray got to open up this box, this little treasure box that the waiter brought over to her. And again, more smoke, more dry ice came out. And inside was a big chocolate heart that was hollowed in the center. And so she got to take that. I think we broke it up and there were like little mini pieces inside um, that everybody got to try. It was just like dark chocolate, but it was a very great presentation. So they brought, to be clear, they brought those three, the tart, the miner's treasure, and the poison apple out for everybody to have. And then the hunter's gift gimmicky kind of box was just like an a second afterthought and think of it as like the chocolate mint at the end of your meal was kind of how it was presented would you like a mint oh my god one of the best money pythons ever would you like a mint and the guy explodes because he eats mint after eating this whole meal no did i just date myself in monty python oh my gosh somebody listening to this please second me on that one anyway i I think i watched monty (laughs) python once I think I watched. Is it a series or was it a movie? Movies. They were so good. So good. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's just, yeah. Anyway. um. (laughs) Well, real quick, I want to say my favorite of these desserts was the Miner's Treasure, the cookies and cream panna cotta with the chocolate gems on top. Uh, You guys didn't like it as much. I think I ate all of yours and I left the poison apple for you guys. It was, it was, the poison apple was good. I was there for the poison apple. But I was there for that cookies and cream panna cotta. Yeah. Okay, so after dinner, you get to go meet the evil queen. Well, you guys did. My child was petrified. We went. So we're sitting around, and this is kind of a fail. Your server has to come to your table to give you a card that then allows you to go get in line to have your photo taken with the evil queen. This was never really explained, so Kurt Noah and I just kind of got up to go meet the evil queen after we paid our bill, and we were kind of like, sure. Then they were like trying to tell us we couldn't be in line to take a photo with the evil queen and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. So eventually our server ran over, gave us the card that you had to give to the person. I got to say the interaction with the evil queen was not great. Really? She was, she was doing the evil queen thing, but really not into it. Like it just, it didn't, it didn't feel great. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, it felt weird. I get that. And so we took a couple of photos and that was that. And then we left. Um, and that was the end of dinner. And I want to be clear. This was a really expensive meal for all of us. We got no discounts, as Adam mentioned. We all ordered, I think, one or two cocktails. I think I ordered one. But e- either way, these cocktails were like 15 bucks a piece on average. The meal yeah. was $65 an adult, $40 for a kid, $39 for a kid. With tip, we were all spending... Each family close to $200, which I walked away and that was where I got the sour taste. I was like, this was a really great meal. And then I looked at that price and I was like, this was not worth it. It was not worth this amount of food. After we had just come back from this cruise and we ate a Michelin star meal, which was 75 bucks a person, it almost came out to about the same And I was like, that was where it was worth it. This was not. So... I would say if you're looking for a really high quality meal and you're not bringing kids, avoid storybook dining at Artist Point. And I would go for like a California grill or something a little bit nicer. Even Animal Kingdom Lodge. I would go over there and eat at Sanaa. I would eat at Jico. I would eat at Jico. Those ones go over the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian. You're going to have superior meals for this similar-ish price point or even less. This one was brought up to a premium because you're meeting all those Snow White characters. And so, again, I would say that like Rodeo Roundup Barbecue, storybook dining, I did it. I don't think I ever need to do it again. And if I do do it again, it would be like 10 years from now, if that. And I don't think storybook dining is going to exist in 10 years from now. I would not go again. Yeah. I think there's far better character dining 
in character dining experiences at the resort than the storybook dining. I don't necessarily think that they're, well, yes, I think that overall character dining, you could maybe find one or two. I do think that for food to character ratio, you're going to have better food here and less characters. If you're going to Chef Mickey's, you're getting all the characters and mediocre food. So take it for what it is. Like you're probably going to be spending the same amount at Chef Mickey's as you are at storybook dining, to be honest. But I was kind of comparing it to Garden Grill in my head at one point. Oh, sure. Even though they're very different experiences, but similar price points. And the Garden Grill is all you care to enjoy. Like if you want to keep going and get your money's worth on that food, and the food was pretty good at Garden Grill, you can't. I think that was kind of my issue that this was not a all you care to enjoy. It was a very set prefix menu yeah, with not a lot of options. Fair. That's part of my issue with it. Fair. I want to be clear. I just looked it up. Garden Grill is $42 for an adult and $27 for a kid. So it's kind of more the same price that you were seeing. You're paying less, but getting more food. I just read that wrong. It's $55 for an adult and $36 for a kid. So 10 bucks less for our family where we're paying for a kid. It kind of does even out a little bit because the price is a little bit higher, but no, it's not. It's still lower, but I would I would absolutely go to Garden Grill over Artist Point in a heartbeat next time. Like, yep. no question. So there you have it, folks. I think both of us kind of came at it with the similar reactions that both reservations were really fun. I'm glad we did it. Don't hear me wrong. I'm happy that I ate at both of these places, but I am not going to be spending money at them maybe ever again or if i do it won't be for a decade from now yeah i think we'll go back to roundup rodeo when those little older and super into toy story mm-hmm. um but but yeah we're good i don't need to go back to artist point yeah but i did really enjoy being at the wilderness lodge that was really sweet i like that i resort. do i love the. you know i would love to stay at the copper creek cabins me too the dvc cabins at wilderness lodge sometime one day a girl yes. can dream one day one day that and then the overwater bungalows at <laughs> polynesia also one, one day, day. <laughs> all right folks well one day with that thank you for listening we appreciate you we love you guys please go rate and review our podcast it really means a lot to us when you guys do that and we will be back hopefully next week maybe in two weeks please understand that it's the summer. We've got lots of vacations. We've got a couple of vacations with each other. We've got travel. We've got work. Oh, also we have full-time jobs that are quite demanding. Work, our jobs. All that stuff. But anyhow, go rate and review us. And <laughs> we love you all. And we hope to see you again next week. Toodles. Toodles.